But this chus to begin last time, one of the most astonishing pieces of Torah that we have in our archives, which is the Hesped of Rav Kook over Herzl. You know, he doesn't mention Herzl by name, as we spoke about that that's last week. <coughs> the Hesped in Yushalayim. So let me just review a little bit for five minutes or so. And we'll continue where we left off, and we'll finish the Hesped Bez Hashem now, tonight. Next week, we'll go, we'll go back a little bit into Bereshis, and one of the Shmuz, one of the Shalosh Sudas of Rav Kook, and then we'll be Mitch ready to begin, Sefi Yeshua, or some more Hagdoms to Sefi Yeshua. It's, it's, it's coming, it's coming. I, we have to do a little bit it's not fair to Rapsodic. A little bit. Bukranich <laughs> Yeah, it's better to do it this way. This is the long, short way, like in the introduction to Tanya. It's the long, short way. So Rav Kook began, Rav Kook began <coughs> basing this Hespid, which he was under tremendous pressure to give. Spoke about that a little bit. He he began. He based he based the Hespid upon a Chazal tell us that there's going to be some great Hesped in Yerushalayim at the end of time. And this Hesped is going to be like the Hesped that took place over Achav, the king, and Yoshio, the king. Achav and Yoshio, from the world of Yosef, of Ephraim, and Yoshio, of course, from the world of David, of Yehuda. And that this great Hesped is going to be, Chazal revealed, that this Hesped is going to be over Mashiach ben Yosef. So this is the mystery that Rav Kook is solving in the Hesped. What is this, what is this death of Mashiach ben Yosef? Bechal, what's the union of Mashiach ben Yosef? And what does it have to do with the death of Achav and of Yoshio? What does anything have to do with that? So, again, to review... Rav Kook explains that Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David are the koach of Yehuda and Yosef corresponds to the guf and the nisham, to the body and to the soul. And all of the forces throughout time that are seeking to improve the physical well-being, the physical well-being of the Jewish people, that's called the Koach of Mashiach ben Yosef. And we did some groundwork before to prepare for this. That's the Koach of Mashiach ben Yosef. Just as Yosef at Tzadik was the one who sustained the Jewish people, his family, he is the Mashbir, and so on and so forth. We're not going to go over everything. That's the Koach of Yosef at Tzadik. And that's the Koach of Mashiach ben Yosef through the generations. <coughs> as a result of that responsibility of Mashiach ben Yosef, just as Yosef had to be undercover among the nations, and he had to learn 70 languages, and he was in Mitzrayim, because that aspect of life, physical existence, the Jewish people share with the nations of the world. So this means science, economy, economics, politics, and so on. So Yosef at Tzadik, Yosef at Tzadik, he remained at Tzadik. It, was much, it would become much more difficult for his descendants. And we know that in the history in the history of, 
of the kings of of Ephraim, of Yisrael. We know that, to our understanding, as is taught to us in Tanakh and through Chazal, we know that those kings were largely uh, unsuccessful in maintaining a level of Kedusha, of holiness. Yosef of Tzadik, of course, did. So that's the Koch of Yosef. Yosef, therefore, Yosef, therefore, or Mashiach ben Yosef is among the nations. And there's a much greater danger of assimilation of laws. The world of Yehuda is Haisa Yehuda Lakadsho, Yisrael Mamshalaisa. The Haisa Yehuda Lakadsho is that is the Nisham, is the soul. Mashiach ben David, Yehuda, was made in charge, was appointed by Hashem to be in charge of the Ruchniyazdike of the Ruchni's Dika well-being of the Jewish people. Therefore, as far as Yehuda is concerned, <coughs> the way of Yehuda is to have nothing to do with the nations of the world. We're a nation that dwells alone. To be completely, completely apart. Now, Rav Cook explains that originally, it was to work in such a way where the tribe of, of, of Yosef, Ephraim Menashe Yosef, that they would develop the material side of national existence, and that Yehuda would would um, be in charge of the of the Ruchnius of Am Yisrael. At the end of the day, the plan was for David HaMelech himself. And for Mashiach ben David himself, the ideal is that these two kaiches would merge in one person. David Melech, as we learned, on the one hand, on the one hand, David Melech was was compared to Esav. He was an Admaini, but he was Mifeinaim. Mifeinaim. I forgot my mamarim of Rav Kook because I want to do the psukim inside. It's a brown safe right on the where I sit on the right side. It's a fat brown safe. Mamari Raya, thank you. So, so be, the beautiful eyes, Yefeinaim, the beautiful eyes of Davna Malach, means that that on the one hand, he had this, he had the potential. Davna Malach and the, and based David has the potential, <laughs> the ability, to to become through Mashiach ben Yosef, and in conjunction with Mashiach ben Yosef, to be deeply involved in the physical well-being of the people as well. That's the comparison to Esau. Very much Ish Sada of this world. In Yifei the beautiful eyes of Dovda Melech symbolize, which Chazal tell us, is the Koch of, of, of Ruchnis, of the Neshama. Now, if it would have worked out, then Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef would have cooperated one with each other, the two Malchias, the two kingdoms of, of Yisrael and of Yehuda, of Ephraim and Yehuda, would have worked together and would have brought great honor and covered Hashem, which would ultimately have, have led to the final redemption. But unfortunately, this was not to be, and the kingdom was split. And as a result of that, thank you. as a result of that, the Malchus of, the Malchus of Ephraim of, of Yosef, of Ephraim, became very, very much lost in this world, and the tribes themselves were lost, and Ephraim, as Rav Cook says, turned its back 
on the unique sanctity of the Jewish people and became assimilated among the nations. Yehuda, on the other hand, the world of Yehuda became deeply, deeply embedded in, in Ruchnius, in spirituality, <coughs> but separated from the world of Yosef as a result of that division so that the healthy material well-being was not there. We see a lot of that happening now. That was not there. And because of that, because of that, the spiritual power of Cook Rites of Yehuda also began to become ruined. It was not a healthy organism. Where we're up to it, where we're up to is right after what we what we were up to last week at the end was where the Gemara tells us that Hashem gave made an offer to Yeravam from the house of Yosef Atzadik. Hashem made an offer to Yeravam. And the offer and the offer was, was refused. Hashem made an offer, that's on page on if you have the page numbers. We are up to page forty three. It's on the bottom of the page. The numbers. On page three, I marked it three. Where Hashem made the offer to Yeravim and said to him that if you do tshuva, that if you do tshuva, then I and you and Ben Yishai and Donamal will stroll together in Ganeden. And Yeravim asked me, Barosh, who will lead? And Hashem said that Ben Yishai, Meshach Ben David, will of course lead. That's the ultimate ideal, is Meshach Ben David. And Yeravim refused. If so, I'm not interested. So that, if so, I'm not interested, Rav Cook writes, that's what we're up to on page 3, this set into motion a long chain of calamities culminating in Israel's exile until the end of days. So let's continue. So it came about, we'll finish the Hesped now, so it came about, That throughout the exile, there was a seesaw effect of these two opposing forces. <coughs> the truth is, it's, it's a seesaw effect that's not only in the nation, it's, it's within ourselves. At times, there's exhibited a drive toward material, worldly success that flows primarily from the foundation of Yosef and Ephraim. <coughs> Other times, there's a stirring of the drive for observance of Torah and spiritual development for awe and love of God. For years, Hashem and for Ahabas Hashem. And it swings. As when one cuts and chops wood upon the earth, our bones are scattered at the mouth of the grave. There is wanting the power that could encompass and unify the diverse workers into a single foundation. So there are these two ways. There are Jews that are pulled towards the goof, towards the physical and improving the physical lot of Am Yisrael. And there are Jews who are drawn much more to the Ruchnias to retreat from this world. And the problem is unifying the diverse workers into a single foundation so that each might influence and be influenced by the other. This is exactly what Rav Kook found when he came to Eretz Yisrael. He found a new Yishuv of Jews who had abandoned Yiddishkeit but were deeply in love with Am Yisrael, 
and were working the land and trying to develop the land, had complete disregard for Torah mitzvahs, complete disregard for Torah mitzvahs, but a, a strong connection to the Jewish people on the land. On the other hand, the old Yeshuv was living in Yushalayim and in Tveri and Svas and a few other pockets here and there, where the, um, where the old Yeshuv was living, completely separated from this world, mostly on the Chalukah, the money that was being sent from Chustars. Not working at all. Sitting and learning. Very small. Nothing like now. The amount of people, Karana, that has grown. But sitting and learning. Davening. You know, you have Jews to this day that every time you go back to, uh, to Rabbi Shimon, you see that I see the same people I saw 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> the same old lady, same old guy. You know, they, they, they got gray. We also got gray, but they're sitting there the same, you know, with a hand and with a tillum and one hand in the hand. Uh, and, and this is a certain way of life. The old Yishuv. It's gotten more sophisticated now. You know, they're, now they have advertisements in the paper and a lot of other stuff, you know. But it's basically the, it's basically the same mahalach of separation from the world. <coughs> Instead of what should be, that one would influence the other and help the other. The power to unify the leadership with accentuation of the spiritual side to the point that it vivifies, gives life, the body politic, the way the soul enlivens the body. This separation between Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef, between Yehud and Yosef, is the separation of the neshama from the guf. The tachlis is that the neshama should give life to the guf. And that the body should be a healthy container through which the neshama is able to carry out what it needs to in this world. The separation of those two is death. And Rav Kook says, this is the death of Golas. This is what we're living in. Since it is impossible for our nation to attain its lofty destiny, other than by actualizing these two components, the universalist symbolized by Yosef, which is to be out in the world, to be a nation that's functioning and healthy, and that has a, a relationship with the rest of the world, and with the sciences and the arts of the world, only, of course only in Kedusha, but to have a connection to the world, that's the universalist, which is symbolized by Mashiach ben Yosef. Just like Yosef was king of Mitzrayim. And the particulist symbolized by Yehuda. So we, it, we have found it impossible to bring these two together. There arise in the nation proponents of each aspect. So we have big chassidim of Mashiach ben Yosef, like the, like the pioneers that came to Israel. Big, big Hasidim of, of Mashiach ben Yosef, like Dr. Herzl. And then you have big, big Hasidim of Mashiach ben, of Mashiach ben David, of Yehuda. Those who would, enhance, who would enhance spirituality prepare the way for Mashiach ben David. Next page. Whose focus is, on the fi- is, is the final destiny. Truly the focus of life is spiritual attainment. The Tachlis, of course, we'll talk about this more afterwards, the Tachlis, of course, is, is the whole point of the Guf and the Neshama is to, uh, is to achieve Dveikus Bashem. There's no question that Mi Barosh is Ben Yishai. David Amalek is Barosh. The Neshama is Barosh. The Tachlis is to, the Tachlis is, is Avodos Hashem. But the Guf is what Hashem wanted in this world to reveal His presence, His light in the physical world. Truly, the focus of life is spiritual attainment, except that the spiritual can only develop properly if it is accompanied by all the material acquisitions, acquisitions of which a full-bodied nation is in need. Because the ruchnius of the Jewish people cannot be sustained if we're falling physically apart. 
if we don't have anything to eat, if Jews are impoverished, if we can't survive, if we can't protect ourselves, and we don't have a parnasa, so we can't manage. So the ruchnius begins to fall apart as well. That's what we're living with now. Those who redress the material, general aspects of life, prepare the way for Mashiach ben Yosef. So those Jews who are focused on the material aspects of life, they're preparing the way for Mashiach ben Yosef. When these two forces work at cross-purposes, as a result of the calamity of exile, short-sightedness and disarray, these are the birth pangs of Mashiach. These are Chavle Mashiach that we're suffering from. The separation of Yehuda and Yosef, which goes back to the original, the original machlokis between the brothers. This goes on and on and on. The machlokis between Yehuda and Yosef. The neshama and the guf. Any time that we are in a situation where the neshama is telling us to do one thing, and the guf says, no, I don't want to do that, and the guf wants to go its own way, that's the machlokis of Yehuda and Yosef. It's the same machlokis. It says in Tehillim, the psalmist writes, that your enemies have defied your Hashem, that they have defied the footsteps of your Mashiachs. Asher charfu oivecha Hashem, asher charfu ikvos mishichecha, Tehillim peites. So it says it in the plural. Asher charfu ikvos mishichecha. They have defied the footsteps of your Mashiachs, in plural. That's what's going on. Charfu... Harf is really worse than defied. To be macharif is to, to insult. To bl- it means blasphemous. A cherp is to humiliate, to insult. It's not just defiance. They have defied the footsteps of your Mashiachs in plural. Two footsteps of two Mashiachs. Now since the major achievement of Mashiach ben Yosef, which is the general advancements of mankind, is accomplished by the emphasis of the unique Jewish form, Remember, Yosef, to, Mashiach ben Yosef, to accomplish this talkless of taking care of us physically, must connect to the nations, must be involved among the nations, must take care of an economy and the politics and so on. So there's going to be a de-emphasis on the unique Jewish form of Amla Vadad Yishkonda, Bagarim There's going to be more of a, of a universalist mahalach when it comes to Mashiach ben Yosef. <coughs> Mashiach ben Yosef cannot endure, so he is destined to be killed. He is destined to be killed. The murder of Mashiach ben Yosef means that Jews who, Jews who would end up focusing entirely on the physical well-being of the Jewish people over the course of a generation or two would no longer be Jewish, which is exactly what has happened. Then they're no longer Jewish, sometimes three generations. But at some point, Mashiach ben Yosef, on his own, can't live. It can't exist without tefillin, without Shabbos. It can't exist without learning Torah. It can't exist without that. So the death of Mashiach ben Yosef is a tragedy. The lamentation over the death of Mashiach ben Yosef means that kina, that lamentation over the disengagement of those two worlds, and Mashiach ben Yosef is the first to go. Can't exist. The goof of, a, of the Jewish people cannot be without the neshama. That, it's, it's never worked. It has never worked. 
There are no Jews in the world right now who could say that they've been in their family, Jews who are non-religious, for more than three generations. There's no such thing. It can't go for more than two or three generations. There's no such thing as a Jew now in the world who could say that my family has been non-religious for the past 200 years. There's no such thing. There may be maybe 60 years, 70 years. Very few. Very few. <clears throat> because the, the, the goof, the goof, uh, a Jew without Shabbos, without Yiddishkeit, is a zombie. It's a body without a soul. Yosef without Yehuda. <clears throat> so the death of Mashiach ben Yosef is a tragedy of godless. When this happens, I mean, he's, he's speaking about secular Zionism and, and the, effects of, the effects of modernization, the Enlightenment, and so on, where there was an increased awareness of Jewish physical survival, which was very healthy, and the improvement of Jewish life, physical life, but without Yiddishkeit. When this happens, all will recognize the perversity of the situation. They will realize that it was wrong not to subjugate the universal dimension to the spiritual aspect, which is Israel's destiny. Now, even somebody like a Chada'am, I don't know if you, uh, uh, how many of you have uh, read about him or studied any of his works, so his real name was, was Asher Ginsberg. He was a tremendous, tremendous Talmud Chacham. When he was 17 years old, he had letters in Halacha with the Sholem back and forth. <coughs> he was a huge Talmud Chacham that went completely off, completely off. He was one of the greatest losses of the 19th century, Achad Ha'am. He was married to the daughter of Rabbi. And he developed a complicated, a complicated um, theory of Jewish life. When you read it, it sounds like you're reading, you're reading a cipher. It's like, it sounds like a regular cipher. He, he knew everything. But it was like Apicorosis all over. It sounds like it's a good cipher. Achad Ha'am wrote over and over again that it's impossible for the Jewish people to survive without Shabbos and without mitzvahs. And he said that even though I no longer believe in this, at the end of his life there was Simonim that he, that he started coming back. But even though, even though, God forbid, he was saying it might not be true, we're not going to exist without it. So he recommended that there be a uh, an observance, some type of an observance of Torah and mitzvahs as a means of sustaining the Jewish people, of surviving. Otherwise, we're not going to survive. We can't, they, he said they can't survive like this without Yiddishkeit. It wasn't saying because of something in Shemaim, but he said that we just are not able to survive. They will realize that it was wrong not to subjugate the universal dimension to the spiritual aspect, which is Israel's destiny, to the messianism of Mashiach ben David. So there are those even now who are saying, and this is a debate that's going on all over, there are those who are, I mean, among non-religious Jews, like, we gave up, we gave up Yiddishkeit, and, and now what? Can we go on, can our children and grandchildren be Jewish without Judaism? That's the question. Can Mashiach, can, can Yiddishkeit survive? Can Mashiach ben Yosef survive 
without Mashiach ben David. They will lament him as one laments an only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for the firstborn son. That's in Zechariah Yudbeis. The lamentation for an only child is bereft of hope for future children. Elderly parents who have lost their only son are totally forlorn. If the verse were to end on that note, it would spell utter doom. But the bitterness is mitigated by the intellect. Intellect perceives that the nation has produced the soul of the Mashiachs. The nation is not as elderly parents who have lost their only child, but rather as young parents who have lost their firstborn child. Being inexperienced at raising children, they did not attend properly to the child in a state of illness, so the child succumbed. By the same token, the nation comes to the realization that it did not know how to make proper use of this universalist dimension. The Jewish people will come to the realization that we neglected Mashiach ben Yosef. We neglected the guf. We neglected, we neglected the physical side of our existence. And that means that Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef died. Did not understand how it could contribute to Israel's unique destiny. And that way, it could have survived. The nation labored under the illusion brought on by the divisiveness of exile that these two forces are truly at odds. The old Yishuv and the new Yishuv. Jews who care about the Jewish people <coughs> as a people and want to help the Jewish people but do not keep mitzvahs and not interested in mitzvahs and are more among the nations and more assimilated in, among the nations. And then the, the religious Jews who keep Torah mitzvahs but who have chosen a way that is very much separated from the world. The result is that whoever holds up the universal side of the nation becomes, unfortunately, an enemy of Torah and mitzvahs. So he says what's happened in our time is that those Jews who hold up the side of Mashiach ben Yosef become enemies of Torah and mitzvahs against Yiddishkeit. Contrawise, whoever focuses on the uniquely Jewish, and those who are the chassidim of Yehuda of Mashiach ben David, becomes an adversary of material well-being. Work is not allowed. Work is, work is something which is bad. Having anything to do with, with secular studies or the, or the nations of the world is, is, absolutely, is absolutely evil. In the first scenario, the fence of Torah is broken down. Yiddishkeit is destroyed. Again, Mashiach ben Yosef dying and dying and dying. In the second, the result is weakness and morosity. A weakness and a certain kind of laziness. A weakness, a laziness, a depression, a sadness. It's a neshama, but the guf is not there. The body is not well. After this latest experience of Mashiach, of Mashiach ben Yosef's impermanence, let us deduce that truly the two forces are not mutually antagonistic. So this is the cry of Rav Cook's life. Let us deduce, it must be clear, that these two forces are, are not mutually antagonistic. We must bring the brothers together. We must bring Yehuda and Yosef together. The Shvatim have to be re reunited. These two ways of the Neshama and the Guf must join together. It is time to bring it all together and to organize the nation's ways. Let every universal perfection 
serve, serve as a basis for perfecting the, unique, the uniquely Israelite. So every universal perfection, math and science and culture, whatever it is, let it serve as a basis for perfecting that which is uniquely Jewish. That's why I've cooked wanted Jewish art, and Jewish music, and Jewish scientists, and Jewish workers, not Arab workers, Jewish workers, Jewish laborers. That not every Jew was cut out to be some professor or some Rosh Hashiva. Jewish laborers. And even if you are a Talmud Chacham, and even if you do know how to learn, that doesn't mean that you can't work. That there should be, that there should be Jewish labor. Jewish not only by religion, but Jews, fully observant. Jews who, who love Torah mitzvahs, who learn Torah, and are connected to the land. <coughs> Let both parties, those disposed to the material and universal, and those disposed to the spiritual in particular, come to the same conclusion. Then the lamentation will be on both sides. Both will recognize their mistake. The lamentation means there will be a recognition of the mistake that we've made over all the long years of Golas, that we just couldn't connect these two. Nisham and Guf, Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. These two forces were created to be united. Once rent asunder, they were mutually injurious. They were hurting each other. They just began to hurt each other. These two types of Jews began to injure, to hurt, to hurt each other. So now we understand, going back to the beginning, remember the Mimer began, the Hesped began with like the lamentation for Achav, son of Omri, and like the lamentation for Yoshio, the son of Ammon. The two kings from Yosef and Yehuda. So Cook writes, the quality of love of nation was exemplified by Achav. Achav was deeply in love with the Jewish people. He had such love of Israel. He followed in the ways of his father Omri, who added a city to Israel, who, who worked so hard to, for the land to expand Eretz Yisrael. Even when, they pier even when pierced <coughs> through by an arrow and mortally wounded, Achav stood up in his chariot. Achav kept up the pretense, even though he was dying. He kept up the pretense so that Israel not be demoralized by the loss of their commander. It's a Malachim Aleph, Perkhav Beis, the whole story. For this reason, he was assured the world to come. Mine is Gilad, Lee Gilad. Mine is Gilad and Telem. This refers to Achav, who fell in Gilad. Such courage, this is from the world of Mashiach ben Yosef, such courage comes from a wonderful love. Achav even accorded respect to the Torah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't from. He wasn't from. But he accorded respect to the Torah because the honor of the nation depends upon it. At least when it came to external affairs. So when he was on the road, he made sure to only eat kosher and not to get in the car on Shabbos. You understand? He kept up. He kept up in the public eye. He kept up at least the veneer of Torah Mitzvah, even though he was not an observant person, out of respect for the people. But he was filled with great love for Am Yisrael. And he fought for Am Yisrael. 
namely dealing with, with Ben Hadad, the king of Aram. The Gemara talks about that in Sanhedrin. Nevertheless, he did not recognize the value of Torah. He didn't really recognize the value of Torah. There was an embarrassing, uh, one of my children showed me on, uh, on the phone, there was an embarrassing thing when Netanyahu, he should be healthy and well, when he, when he was by the, when he was by the Kosel to light Hanukkah candles, this past Hanukkah, it was very embarrassing. I felt so uh, bad for him. He like didn't know what he was doing. Maybe he was nervous, but he didn't know. He, he didn't know like. So the uh, you know the, what's the name the rav the, um, you know the rav of the Kaisel. I forgot his name. Rabinowitz. Oh, Rabinowitz. Yeah. So Rabbi Rabbi Shmuel Rabinowitz. Yeah. So Rabinowitz like. On the camera, like pushes his, he was pushing his hand. He didn't know, like with the shamus and the witch candle and where to light. He didn't know what he was doing. Hanukkah candles. What? Oh, it was a. Uh, he, he had a. It was between the. The ran, the shita zeran, and the shita the ravio. I didn't. I didn't know. Okay. I said it was mamas chusu. He knows how to light Hanukkah candles, but but he saw like Rabbeinu was getting. <laughs> he went to light this and Rabbeinu knocks his hand to, to light the other way. So. Uh, He already is. He is much more respectful than than some of the other leaders that that we've that we've had recently. But I'm not comparing him to Achav. But the love of the land, the love of the people, and a determination to courageously defend the land and to defend the people, mm-hmm. while while uh, trying out of respect to uh, at least among the when he's in front of the nations to appear uh, to appear Jewish and respectful of, of mitzvahs and so on. But nevertheless, he did not recognize the value of Torah. He didn't recognize the value of Torah and its unique divine sanctity, which is the advantage of Israel, which is our great Mila. He didn't recognize that. <coughs> Thus he followed in the ways of Ezevel and the pagan rites practiced by the contemporary nations. Therefore, Achav was an Ovid of Adazar. He was an Ovid of Adazar. When he was in front of the Goyim, he, 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 you know, they would bring him a special uh, meal, a kosher meal. And he would, when he was among the nations, he tried to show that he was a, a respectful Jew. But Lemaise, he was not even a Tsar. We can't understand how that works. He was not even a Tsar. At the other end, so that's the lamentation over Achav. At the other end, Yoshio was a big tzaddik. Yoshiohu strengthened the spiritual dimension. In this respect, he was unequaled among kings. Before him, there was no king who so returned to Hashem with all his heart and might. We have a special Kinan Tishwa, right? Yom al Yeshio. Mamish Chalib of Chalnafsha, he was a tzaddik, a tzaddik. And he made a whole tshuva movement in Eretz Yisrael. He would brook no linking of Israel to the nations, but the way of Yeshio was no shaykhs to the goyim, nothing to do with the rest of the world, to be militantly Jewish, everything is Torah, there's no shaykhs to the goyim. This reached an extreme in his refusal to accede to Yirmiyahu's prophetic demand that he allow the army of Egypt to enter into Israel's territory, which I'm sure you're familiar with the history, and Yoshio refused, Yirmiyahu, the Navi told him, Hashem, that in this situation he must allow the army of, of Mitzrayim to, to cross. And and Yoshio wouldn't hear of it. No such thing. No such thing. I can go him over here. No such thing. Clearly, 
in Achav, in Achav and Yoshio, they have found expression the two forces of Yosef and Yehuda, or put differently, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. Once this distortion, whereby the nation failed to make proper use of the energies revealed in the gifted few, is removed, at the end of days, the realization is reached that it is possible to unite these two powers. That's what's going to be at the end of time. It is possible to bring these two powers together. So the lamentation is a double lamentation for both Achav and Yoshio together. Now we understand. The Gemara says that the crying or the hespid, the, the eulogy over the death of Mashiach ben Yosef will be as great as the lamentation, the eulogy over the death of Achav and Yoshio. Here, Rav Kuk did. It's unbelievable. Because the lamentation is that these two powers could not unite. That they were not able to unite. That, that Achav went, went to the extreme of, uh, and defiled the world of Yosef at Sadiq and was lost and assimilated among the nations with Avodah with all of his great pride and with all of his love for the Jews and, and Eretz Israel. On the other hand, Yoshio went to the extreme that even when the Navi told him that we have to have something to do here with the outside world, Yoshio said nothing with the outside world. Everything is Torah Mitzvah. There's nothing to talk about. Everybody back, you know, in Yeshiva, everybody's in Karl. There's nothing to talk about. So the lamentation is a double lamentation for both Achim and Yoshio together. As great as the distance separating them in actuality, so will be their closeness and interdependence. That at the end of time, the Tikkun will come, but these two worlds will come back together, and there will be great closeness and interdependence. The purpose of the lamentation is to learn from the mistakes of the past in order to rectify things. That's the purpose of Kinyas, that we say in Tisha B'Av too. It's not stomp the cracks. It's to be able to learn from things that went wrong, the things that we did wrong, and how to change them. So we have this terrible Kina over Achav and Yoshio, this terrible kina over the death of Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben David, Rav Kook, coming from Europe, said Mashiach ben David, in other words, Yiddishkeit in the Gola, in Chutzar, is barely, barely holding on, surrounded by enemies, and every family, children were going off and leaving Yiddishkeit. Any of the pictures that you look at, that we look at from the 1920s, any of the pictures of the families, especially in Russia and Lita and so on, all of the pictures you have, like the Gazetis Metalanga board with a long beard, and everybody else, they're like not religious. You have the Bubi in the Zed, she's sitting like with ten kerchiefs. <laughs> and I'm talking about Padash Kanazim, Asfadim is a different parasha, but Padash Kanazim, they're sitting like this, and the children were chlawanat. The Chsidim and the Svadim, they were holding on longer. But, <clears throat> but it also couldn't last. It couldn't last. toward the future to study how to integrate the powers into a unified system that contributes to the general welfare. That's the Tachlis. Now the truth is, <clears throat> as long as the nation is fractured and incapable of uniting the powers, at times an attempt at unification will actually result in some theological or moral damage. Because we're, it's such a mess, so sometimes when, the, when there's an attempt to force them together and we're not ready, it's not, and it's not properly planned and so it just doesn't work out, it gets even worse. This deep separation is the source of controversy in Israel. That to which the prophet Zechariah only alluded, Yonason ben Uziel paraphrased in Aramaic and made manifest, whereupon the land of Israel shook for an area of 400 parishes. 
In a generation unprepared for uniting these two tendencies, bringing them together produces a short circuit. Undaunted, Yonis ben declared, It is known to you, to Hashem, that I did this neither for my glory nor for the glory of my father's house, but only that the controversy not proliferate in Israel. That's where he goes back to the beginning where we learned last week. So, so Yonis ben translated into Aramaic, and, and he said the whole point is that there shouldn't be machlokis. The machlokis, we now know, is the machlokis between Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. <coughs> through, the door of intellect, through the door of intellect lies the way to unify these two resources, both of which are indispensable. Solutions must be found. The Zionist vision manifests in our generation. Now, of course, ends by coming to our time. The Zionist vision manifests in our generation might best be symbolized as the footstep of Mashiach ben Yosef, Ikva the Mashiach ben Yosef. So if Cook concedes that Zionism, modern Zionism, is Ikva the Mashiach ben Yosef, Zionism tends to universalism, as opposed to Jewish particularism, Zionism, of course, is much more secular. He's talking about secular Zionism. It is unequipped to realize that the development of Israel's general aspect is but the foundation for Israel's singularity. The leadership of the Zionist movement must be greatly influenced by the gifted few of the generation, really, Rav Kook and a few others, the righteous and the sages of Torah, who are open to meeting with the leaders of the Zionists. The, so the leadership must be influenced, greatly influenced by the tzaddik. On the other hand, the ideal of Israel's national Renaissance, meaning the Tchia, coming back to life, including all the material accoutrement, which is a proper thing, which is a proper and healthy thing, that the Jewish people should come back to life in our land. <clears throat> With all the material accoutrement, which is a proper thing when joined to the spiritual goal, to date has not succeeded. Has not succeeded. And the lack of success has brought on infighting until finally... The leader of the movement has fallen. Now, who's he talking about there? Herzl. That was it. Until finally the leader of the movement has fallen, a victim of frustration. He was only 44 years old when he died. He was a young man. So, Ikvah the Mashiach ben Yosef, and one of the representatives of that world, of the footsteps of Mashiach ben Yosef, was Herzl. And, and he died. And that's the hespit that he sang over the death of Ikvah the Mashiach ben Yosef. Not the loss of that individual per se, although he's a Jew. But that's not the, that's not the picture that Rav Kook is talking about. It behooves us to take to heart. So now what do we learn from this? And what should we do, Rav Kook says, after this death? It behooves us to take to heart, to try to unify the tree of Yosef and the tree of Yehuda, like in the Nebu of Yechaskel, to bring the eights of Yosef and the eights of Yehuda together, to rejoice in the desire for healthy material life, beating in the collective nation, to be happy about that, 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 that there are Jews, that, that, that there is this drive to develop the land and to return to material health and work and so on, to rejoice in that. And to know that this is not the end goal of Israel, but to also know that that's not the tachlis, to be successful, 
to be physically successful and to be like God forbid like a nation like other nations but only a preparation it's a preparation if this preparation will not submit to the spiritual aspect if it will not aspire to it then it is of no more value than the kingdom of, of Ephraim a cake readily devoured which means devoured by the nations of the world it can't succeed in other words secular Zionism cannot possibly succeed We see that. It can't succeed. Because they abandoned the source of living waters. Azu Maim they left the living waters of Torah, of Yiddishkeit. And Egypt didn't did, and Egypt did they call hither to to Asher, did they go? They left the Yeshivas, they left the shuls, they left Yiddishkeit. This is the benefit to be gained by remorse. So now why am I of course you're saying, why am I saying this Hespit? And what's there to cry about over the death of such a person who was a Mechal Shabbos and, and, and went against everything that Am Yisrael believes in? Why, 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 why cry, why feel any remorse over the death of this person? This is the benefit to be gained by remorse over one whom we might consider the footstep of Mashiach ben Yosef. Ikvid the Mashiach ben Yosef. In view of his influence in revitalizing the nation materially and generally. That's what Herzl was doing. This power should not be abandoned, despite the wantonness and hatred of Torah that results in the expulsion of God-fearing Jews from the movement. We, we, shouldn't, we mustn't abandon this, even though, even though many of the Zionist leaders hated religious Jews, hated Torah and Yiddishkeit in such a way that all they wanted was to remove God-fearing Jews from the movement. They were against Mizrahi and against any God-fearing Jews being part of the Zionist movement. We must develop the courage to seek that any power that is of itself good be fortified. Any power that is good should be strengthened. And if it is lacking spiritual perfection, let us strive to increase the light of knowledge and fear of Hashem, such that it, meaning the light, is capable of conquering a powerful life for us and of being built up through it. Then there will be fulfilled in us the prophecy, I will grant it see on salvation unto your soul my glory. Return must be from our side. Return must be from our side. So if Cook is saying to just scream and yell that the secularists, that they're Shkotsim and that they're not from and so on and so forth, he says, Tshuva has to be from our side. We're, we, the religious Jews, we have to do Tshuva. Return will be enduring only if all the power is presently found and possibly be found and the nation will be vigorous and directed to good. Then it will be a vessel for the divine will, a crown of ornament in the hand of Hashem. And a royal diadem in the palm of, of your God. Rav Yosef, who said that he penetrated the meaning of the verse in Zechariah only through his Aramaic translation, willingly accepted upon himself to witness the birth pangs of Mashiach, Heavenly Mashiach. When other sages said, Let him come, let Mashiach come, and I may not see him, like it says in the Gemara, that's in Tzadik Ches, when the Gemara says that, that Mashiach should come, but I don't want to be there when it happens. Meaning that they that they saw that there was going to be such service, such suffering. When other sages said, let Mashiach come and I may not see him, it was Rav Yosef who said, let him come. And may I merit to sit in the shadow of the dung of his donkey. It's a very, very strange Gemara. What did he mean by such a, a lashon to say? That Rav Yosef said, let him come, and I want to have the schus to sit in the shadow of, his, of the filth of the donkey of Mashiach. What does that mean? 
The other sages were daunted by the intensity of the spiritual birth pangs that would perforce result from the pressing demands to fortify the material side that had been neglected in the course of exile. Exile came primarily to preserve and enhance the spiritual. Most, most of the Chachamim, the leaders during the generations, throughout Golis, they struggled to just try to preserve and enhance the spiritual. The physical, they, 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 we became subjects to the nations of the world. To close up the transgression and to make an end of sins. The shadow of the dung of, by, of his donkey. By a double entender, the word chamor, chamoiro, his donkey, refers to the material, to chomer. Customarily, right, the animal, the chamor, is chomer. Why did Rabbi Yosef sit, to sit by the shadow of the filth of his chamor? So Cook explains, this refers to the material, chomer. Customarily, devotion to the material affairs of the nation obscures and prevents this spiritual ascent. Throughout all the years, those who became devoted to the world of Mashiach and Yosef became detached from spiritual ascent. It obscures and prevents spiritual ascent. Even so, if this movement would not be so audacious as to spread in a way unbecoming Israel, it would be easy to accept. But the dung of the donkey is difficult to accept. He's speaking about secular Zionism. It's the filth of the donkey. Rav Kook is saying that Chomer, the donkey, Chamor, physical well-being, Mashiach ben Yosef, if there'd be respect for Torah mitzvahs, and if there'd be an interest in moving back towards Torah mitzvahs, that we could deal with. That, that would be good. But he says... Even so, this movement would not be so audacious as to spread in a way unbecoming Israel. It would be easy to accept, but the dung of the donkey is, di- is difficult to accept. Were it not for its extremism, the movement, meaning Zionism, if not for, were it not for its extremism, the movement would not find oppressive the spirit of Torah. And it would not attack the foundation of Torah, which is tantamount to blinding the eyes of the world. But the dung, the filth, the gross tendencies that are loathsome to all peoples, the, the, the how, how Jews from those of the secular, how they completely threw themselves into the taivas of the, of the nations of the world, into all of the filth of Olam Hazer, and ignored Torah Mitzvahs completely. These are the gross tendencies that are loathsome to all peoples. Produces a shadow that dims the pure intellectual lights flowing from the source of Torah. Nonetheless, Rav Yosef was confident that eventually all these negative manifestations would surrender to the light of Torah and the knowledge of God. Rav Yosef, it's significant that his name is Yosef, obviously. Rav Yosef will sit in the shadow of the dung of Mashiach's donkey. He says, I'll, I'll take it. And I will, will, will work. It'll work out. There are Jews like that nowadays. That, that they're able to go into the craziest places and to try to help with other Jews and so on and so forth. When they're ready for that, they're not going to be like Rabbi Grossman. He should be well. People like that. The mamish by the dung of the donkey. That's where they, that's where they spent their lives. Rav Yosef will sit in the shadow of the dung of Mashiach's donkey. In the very midst of the darkness of the shadow rendering like night. In the midst of the noonday. Rav Yosef will light the candle of the commandment and the light of Torah. And a little light dispels much darkness. That's 
That's the way of Rav Yosef. And that's the meaning of Yosef. Losef, to add. The evil will be transformed into good. The curse into blessing. This is the import of the cryptic passage in the Zohar. This is at the very, very beginning of the Zohar Kodesh. The head of the, of the academy, the Reish Masifta, the head of the academy in the palace of Mashiach said, the question there was, who is allowed to come into the palace of Mashiach? That's in Shemaim. The Heichel of Mashiach. In Shemaim, right now, right now, there's, a, there's something that's called Heichel of Mashiach, the palace of Mashiach. In Shemaim, where Mashiach is waiting to come to the world. And he's teaching Torah. He's there with the Nishamas of the Tzaddikim. So at the beginning of the Zohar, the head of the academy in the palace of Mashiach said, the Reish Mesifta, the Rosh Hashiva, and the Heichel of Mashiach said, and who is able to come over here into the Heichel of Mashiach? Whoever does not transform darkness to light and bitterness to sweetness may not enter here. The only Jews who can enter the Heichel of Mashiach are those who are prepared to transform the darkness to light and the bitterness to sweetness. Those who are afraid of that, those who can't do that, those who are not part of that, and those who are just neglecting those Jews and leaving them and forgetting them, cannot enter here. The prerequisite for the generation of Mashiach is the ability to utilize all forces, even the most coarse, for the sake of good and the singular sanctity with which Israel was crowned. I, that's I think you, you probably would agree it's one of the most amazing things I mean, one of the most amazing things I've ever learned obviously it has to be learned by Oymik in depth we just try to, to do it quickly next, next week in Mitzvah Shem we're going to, we're going to learn one of the Shmuas of Shalashudas from Rav Kuf Parshish Vayeshev to fill in a little bit from Chumash and the Mitzvah Shem then, then when, we, when we open up Seif Yeshua and begin to enter into that world of Yeshua Bringing us into Israel, Yeshua's Mashiach and Yosef, and what the Indian is of Yeshua Davka Israel, and the whole Safe Yeshua, which is about Kibush arts and Yeshua arts. I hope that we'll be able to, to reflect back on this husband and to remember that essentially that's what the entire Safe Yeshua is about the Tikkun of Mashiach of Mashiach ben Yosef. Okay. Did he mention Dr. Russell by name? No. I guess it's when you want? When you go, I guess it's the way to get it. It's the first page. First page is that? But it sounds like he puts the blame on Israel, on Mashiach and David's side for not going over and bringing up Mashiach and Yosef's side. Because, because, because Mashiach and David should know better. Right, because they have the third. Because you, you learn Torah, you know. So that's why Yoros Mazil translated Dafka into Aramaic. Yeah. He brought it out. To reach them. To reach them. Yeah.